My brothers and sisters, the Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Jesus said to his disciples, Take care not to perform righteous deeds in order that people may see them. Otherwise, you will have no recompense from your heavenly Father. When you give alms, do not blow a trumpet before you, as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets, to win the praise of others. Amen, I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you give alms, do not let your left hand know what your right is doing, so that your almsgiving may be secret, and your Father who sees in secret will repay you. When you pray, do not be like the hypocrites who love to stand and pray in the synagogues and on street corners so that others may see them. Amen, I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you pray, go to your inner room, close the door, and pray to your Father in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will repay you. When you fast... Do not look gloomy like the hypocrites. They neglect their appearance so that they may appear to others to be fasting. Amen, I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you fast, anoint your head and wash your face so that you may not appear to be fasting except to your Father who is hidden. And your Father who sees what is hidden will repay you. The Gospel of the Lord. Good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to Ash Wednesday in this beginning of the season of Lent. For for those of you who don't know me, I'm Father Jim Churn. I'm the Catholic chaplain here at Montclair State University and for Red Hawk Catholic and the director of the Newman Catholic Center, which you might know as those two houses at the bottom of those 99 stairs behind Moorhead. So for those of you who ventured to, to come down there, you know that. <laughs> On behalf of our focus missionaries and our entire staff at Newman, we're just grateful that you're here with us today, that you made that choice to, to carve out some time and space to be here for Ash Wednesday as we hear the Lord inviting us into beginning this season of Lent. A few years ago, I was at a, a friend's home and one of their sons had a, a book on their kitchen table. He actually had a bunch of books on the kitchen table, which resulted in some other drama, but we'll get to that later. One of them was titled, When I Was Your Age. And actually, it's when I picked that book up and started leafing through it and laughing at it that his mother started yelling at the son for leaving all his stuff all over the place. So it's my fault he got yelled at, but I digress. What made me laugh as I was looking just at that title when I was your age, I joked with my friends. I said, I never knew that my father wrote a book because that was a favorite phrase of his. I don't know how many times that my brothers and I, when we were growing up and maybe we'd be complaining about something like having to do chores or having to walk home from school. And that would just set him off when I was your age, as he talked about walking 20 miles in a blizzard stopping to save a cat that was stuck in a tree for his mother's best friend, going and chopping some wood for the fireplace at home. Mind you, as he's trying to depict himself as like Paul Bunyan in the wild frontier, he grew up in Newark, New Jersey, so I don't know what he was talking about. 
Italians like to call this the suffering Olympics to see who can outdo the other one in terms of how bad their life is compared to the subsequent generation that follows them. And it's like that commercial that you've probably seen a couple times. I've become my, my father, become my parents, especially in my last 15 years here. I know I've done that with some of my beloved students that I'm still jealous of the fact that you guys have the internet. Okay, and like, not that I'm ancient, but like the internet didn't come into thing until I was like in my senior year of college. So when I was your age, our Google was going to the library and finding these things called the Reader's Guide to Periodic Literature, these massive catalogs, and that led you to microfiche, like you had this film that you had to like look on these special machines, print out pages, and you were hoping it might have something to do with the research project that you were working on when I was your age. I'll be honest though, I've kinda stopped those comparisons. Because in short, after the last two years, you guys would probably win the argument. Life is tough. And things these last two years have been really hard. And I don't know how many times and in how many ways that we've been told that we're living through something unprecedented, something historic. I can't imagine having to shelter in place, isolate for days and weeks and months at a time as a high school student or as a college student. It wasn't too pretty for me as a 48-year-old priest. So trying to put myself into your shoes at a time in your life when you're trying to figure life out and figure out what all this means, figure out where you're going, what you're going to do. Even before the pandemic, there was already crazy additional pressure that existed that didn't when I was your age. Social media, where you're constantly bombarded by messages that make you doubt how popular you are, how happy you are, how good you look, how good you are. And just this nonstop barrage of information where we seemingly can't even get a break from it all. It's too much. And I think for most of us, we really thought this academic year, everything was just gonna be great. And it's just been really a lot tougher probably for all of us. Which brings us to Ash Wednesday. And again, it's awesome that you're here. But did you ever wonder, what is it that brings all of us out in great numbers on Ash Wednesday? It's funny because as Catholics, we're obligated to go to Mass every Sunday. It's considered a sin if we miss Sunday Mass. But there's always more people who come on Ash Wednesday, which is not a day of obligation. But why is that? I think there's something real, something very gritty and real about Ash Wednesday that makes it more accessible almost. We see the dirty ashes, they're ugly. And on some level, people feel comfortable getting them because that seems relatable. Receiving Jesus's body and blood in the Eucharist is such a massive miracle that's made real and present at every mass. And that's entering into the space of faith where our heart and our mind and our soul are confronted just by this great mystery of faith. But ashes don't require that introspection. Life is tough. And so all of us can relate to that toughness, that ugliness. There's something comforting in our recognizing that it's tough for everyone. We all wear the ashes, no matter what age we are. Even when you think about how 
ashes are made, where they come from. These were palm branches that we used on Palm Sunday, where we recalled Jesus entering into Jerusalem with this massive crowd that was excited and were greeting him, shouting Hosanna. They wanted him to be their king, their ruler. And so they took those palm branches down and they were waving them, kind of like soccer matches when people were waving their towels for their team. That's what they were doing. Those same crowds waving those branches, screaming Hosanna. Five days later, we're screaming, crucify him. We burn those branches because we see how meaningless those cheers really were when Jesus didn't go along with what the world expected or what they wanted. Life is tough. It always has been. But that's why it's so awesome you're here. Today, in some place in your heart and your soul, you heard the Lord inviting you to be here. Jesus is inviting us to follow him. These 40 days of Lent are a reminder of the time that Jesus went into the desert for 40 days to pray and to fast. And that's even remarkable when you think about that, that Jesus, that God himself needed to get away. (laughs) He needed to get away from the crowds. He needed to get away from the ordinary day-to-day, the distractions, the routine. Jesus himself needed to pray, wanted to pray. He wanted to be alone with his Father and our Father and the Holy Spirit. He fasted because he wanted his words to be united with his entire being. He needed this time to reflect on the brokenness of the world, the hurts, the pains that one person that he loves does to another person that he loves. He needed to be away from the noise, to clearly focus on God's voice and how he himself would conquer all that hatred, all that evil, all that sin, even death itself, by his dying on the cross and rising from the dead on Easter. And that's why what we do today is such an important first step. The ugliness, the dirtiness, the brokenness of the ashes, which so often reflect on what's going on in our world, in our nation, on our campus, even more in our own lives. We're not here to commiserate or compare ourselves thinking how much harder things are now or then. It said Jesus is inviting us to leave that all behind, to follow him, to make our own desert by making time for prayer, by fasting, and by giving. Our natural impulses kind of want to reject that. Life is tough. Prayer, fasting, and giving are tough. Do we really need to make things tougher? (laughs) But Jesus promises us that if we dare to believe, if we enter into these practices for the next 40 days, we will see and we will experience how the ashen cross leads us past the brokenness, past the ugliness, even past death itself, as we start to allow him to walk with us now and for all eternity in his resurrected life.